Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Alicia Shanice Reviews. I am your host. It's your girl, Shanice, coming back at you with another podcast. We are on episode 187 today. And today's topic is Power Book 3, Raising Canaan, Season 2, Episode 6, titled, It's a Business, Man. The description reads, Rock assures everyone they need to follow orders and keep working as planned. Kanan takes on more responsibility, but things go wrong when he runs into neighborhood kids. Lou feels the pressure in his partnership with Crown. So, y'all already know how we do. We about to get into it. We about to break it down. We about to dissect it scene by scene like we do over here on this platform then i will play the trailer for next week and i have a sleeper for you guys in my joe budden style shout out to 50 cent courtney kemp the whole green light gang baby 50 just announced that his deal is up with stars i don't know where they going with that you know how 50 fifth is when he um does promotion when he has something coming along but he says he's going to another network so all i know is wherever fifth go that's where i go (laughs) we support everything 50 cent over here it is what it is that's one of my all-time favorite artists if you guys have not checked out my um dedication podcast that i did just as a tribute to his career make sure you check that out while i talked about why i admire his career so much and he's one of my favorite artists um but he says this deal is up with Star, so he's going to a new network. So we'll see how that goes. But whatever fifth go, we go in there to follow him and support. I know Courtney Kemp just signed a deal with Netflix. So, you know, we're going to support her as well. I um, admire that woman. I admire, admire her writing skills. I love listening to her when she's giving tips as I just wrote my first book. And if you guys don't follow me on social media, uh, Facebook is Alicia Shanice, Instagram, Alicia Shanice Reviews. Um, I just put my book cover up. (laughs) So I just um, gave that out for the first time. I had never shared it with anyone. You guys know I got it done a while back. So um, everything's on the up and up. Um, It's a a process, but it'll be out soon. And you guys know I'll be releasing the audio book where I will be reading it every Friday when it's released as well on the pod. So I cannot wait to share that with you guys. But yes, um, you guys can see my new book cover. It is on my social media platforms. Once again, Facebook, Alicia Shanice, Instagram, Alicia Shanice Reviews. And if you need to email me, Alicia Shanice Reviews 13 at gmail.com. You can inbox, DM, or email me if you have any requests for recaps you would like for me to do, or if you just want to say what's up, or if you want me to shout out your you know, brand or anything you have working on free of charge. I love to show love back for people who show love to me. Um, and don't forget, you can always follow my music playlist. Um, They're exclusively on Spotify. All you have to do is type in Shanice Loves and y'all already know I got some long range music ears. So we're about to get into it. This episode was fire, fire. And I was wrong about something, but we'll talk about that. (laughs) So on that note, let's go ahead and jump into the show and talk Raising Canaan. Shanice and she's the one. Her name is Shanice 
and she's the one. Giving a hustling motivation 101 speech that we about to expand. We will not be stopped. We about to move out in Jersey. We about to move out in all <laughs> the boroughs. And they will not bend and they will not fold for the Italians. She giving a speech to her organization. They all listening. Lou and Marvin, they give some pushback. Lou first, and then Marvin, you know, he surprisingly agrees with um Lou that Jersey might not be worth all of this trouble. So she tells them she ain't no punk, and Kanan will be back in. At least one of the men in the family will see her damn vision. <laughs> so when she's talking to the brothers, Judas, I mean, Harrell, he steps up and, you know, pulls her to the side and tells her basically Unique's, not Unique's plan, because this is all this is, is Unique playing chess, you know what I'm saying, using Warrell, and he tells her, like, you know, Unique, he ain't good with the Italians, they go back, he go back with the son, you know, if you could talk to him. He might can put a, you know what I'm saying, a little hold on his beef or work something out. And he like, you know, I work for you. I'm loyal to you. And she like, you know what? The ones who always brag about their loyalty be the ones you can't trust. And Rock is damn right. We cannot trust Warrell because this was all a chess move. Everything he's been doing with Unique's plan. So we see um, Lou, he looking at Kanan like, nephew this 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 you really want back in all this and he like this what we do lou nah it's what she do (laughs) and marvin creeps over there to the bartender and he's asking him about tony because remember they're uh meeting at the club where tony used to work at as well so um they talk about how she's in westchester the bartender tells them how she met the dude she's with now they were doing some lines together he's you know rich and we can tell marvin is up to something he on some payback shit with tony so that's gonna come back up and then i'll bring something else up when we get to that scene on how i think it's gonna come into play on how he gets to do whatever he's trying to do to miss tony 
Um, so it goes into the next scene and we see Howard. He's at the diner ordering coffee back to back, waiting on Kanan as he is still at the club getting lessons from Rock on how to be a general one day for the organization. So while um he's there still talking to rock and they're walking outside i like what she told him she like her mom used to say god gave them <laughs> god gave men dicks to play with while that woman did all the work <laughs> rock something else <laughs> so it goes to the precinct and we see burke she's doing background checks on howard like looking at everything they got on him in his file and she learns that he did undercover work from 74 to 76 so she's slowly putting work you know putting the dots together and connecting all the dots she know he just found out about a teenage son so that goes back to the time that he was undercover so she's studied putting all the pieces together burke needs to go sit her ass down to be honest but we need these kind of characters. You know, we need those, you know, Blanco characters, the detectives that get on your nerves. But in actuality, they're doing their job. She's trying to find out where her partner is hiding. She's trying to find out his secrets. She's trying to find out who shot him. And remember, her father specifically told her, you do not question your partner. So we're going to see. We're going to see what happened to good old Burke. And we know everybody knows her father as well in the precinct. Even when she told the cop who was helping her, my, my father sends his best. He like, no, we don't. <laughs> so we're going to see where they're going. They didn't introduce her father for that small little part for nothing. I could see her finding out dirt on Howard and him bringing up something about her dad. I don't know, but we'll see. So we get into the next scene and the crew steps to Neek. And he antagonizes Lou about missing the kill shot when it came to Harrell. Remember um, when the tech jammed up in season one and how, you know, saying he don't think Lou got the heart for it no more. Now, Rock's sitting there taking it all in and Rock tells him, uh, you know, you owe me, right? So she tells him like, nigga, we carpooling um, meeting with these Italians. You about to fix this because you owe me. And, you know, unique antagonizing her back as well. We could carpool as long as I get to sit next to you, Rock. <laughs> Shout out to Joey Badass. I mean, oh my God, it's some magnificent acting um, in this whole cast. Like, you can't even single Joey Badass out or Patina Miller, who's doing a magnificent job, but the character who's playing Jukebox, Marvin, um, of course, I mean, Omar Epps is going to do Omar Epps, but they're all doing a magnificent job. Even um, the, the little young guy who's playing. Kanan he his mannerism everything reminds you of 50 cent and how he played the Kanan character um in original power like it's so much great storytelling in this show and great acting I'm telling you it just gets better and better so we see unique he's playing chess and winning at that so Rock starts to put everything together like, you know, it's a little convenient now that I need you and you know you finding out all this information. Now you connected to the Italians and Warrell, you know, she's she putting it all together. But what can she do? Right now she gotta get all this shit dead with the Italians before she can even go back after Neek. So we go into the next scene and we go to the mall where Juke and Kenya are dress shopping. We, we can tell Juke is a little uncomfortable. It's not her style. And Kenya is like, see, now you starting to look like my daughter. A young woman should dress like a young woman. <laughs> we see Juke not feeling it. 
But at the same time, Juke wants her mother's approval. So she's going along with everything. And she's looking beautiful, by the way. So it cuts to the next scene and we go to comic relief therapy. Because whenever we go to the therapy scenes, I laugh my ass off. Marvin is in anger management, telling them about all the problems he's having with his job and his line of employment. He lost a few employees, complaints from customers, complaints from competitors. <laughs> I love the way how he broke, you know, simplified his job business and put it in there like it was just, you know, a nine to five job and not, you know, we drug dealers, we out here murdering, we out here chopping up bodies, we out here, you know, pulling skeletons out the closet and shit. And Miss Renee is sitting there just gushing, just proud of Marvin. I'm like, they just need to smash already at this point. And he like, yeah, I'm openly attractive. I mean, openly aggressive. And Miss Renee sitting there smiling. Great work today, Marvin. Just great work. See, guys, look at Marvin. <laughs> So we go into the next scene, and as Kenya and Juke are leaving the mall, we see her old crew roll up on her, the one she used to pull the licks with. And they like, damn, Juke, look at you. You actually buying stuff now? So Kenya is like, I'm Laverne's mother. He's like, who, who the fuck is Laverne? <laughs> so when he kind of figures it out, he they roll off fast, but he, uh, they, he tell his boy, like, damn, who knew Juke was this fine? Now we see Juke start smiling and she's starting to see um different reactions she's getting from the guys now i mean of course we know how she grew up she still was with women but we're starting to see you know the reaction she got from the guy in church she was you know blushing about that and then you know she even blushed um when that when her crew ran off and she's like i think i'll get something to eat now especially after having that conversation with crown and lou about how basically she needs to dial herself up some so um even when in original power the grown jukebox she wasn't dressing real manly at that time or, or just in tomboyish should i say um so we'll see how this plays out so after that we get into the big meeting and unique he was supposed to roll there with Rock, but he rolled up with, with Uncle Selly. <laughs> they walk up like they are crew. So Mr. Baselli, he comes up talking shit as usual. He tells Rock, I never have the same conversation twice, but Unique is family. Rock plays along. Like, yeah, Unique our family too. <laughs> so Marvin being Marvin, he up there talking shit to one of the Italian dudes about um, the neighborhood he lives in and how they don't let uh, niggas live out there except Eddie Murphy. You know, this is the early 90s when Eddie Murphy was Eddie Murphy. I mean, he's still Eddie Murphy, but, you know, the late 80s, early 90s, Eddie Murphy was everything. So they talking about how they only let him stay in Jersey. But the Italian guy tells him, like, no, I live in Westchester. And then that kind of... um catches Marvin attention he like hold on Westchester and now that's where Tony stayed so I don't know if they're going to bring that back up um or 
because they didn't bring up Westchester twice and then have him following her around. So for the Italian guy to go ahead and tell him that's where he stayed and that's the same place Tony stayed, they could possibly work out a side deal where he helped him get Tony, you know, because he want revenge because Tony is supposed to testify even though she took off and that's who snitched on him. So we'll see how that goes. But did y'all pay attention at the Italian guy? He does live in the same place Tony lives. So we get into um the deal being brokered you uh with with rock and mr baselli but of course it comes with unique conveniently now unique he comes with the deal he has to be in charge of you know at, at the jersey location so at, you know after uh, mr baselli says that and unique sitting there smiling rock she 100 percent put figures everything out she like you <laughs> you and Rarell played me and we see unique he's a resilient man who knows how to play chess so this was all a part of his plan so Kanan goes to do a pickup for the, for um for a drop at the bodega um you know he's starting off at the at the bottom he, he the brown bag guy so, you know, he gets teased a little bit from the guys and get the brown bag and head to the bodega. And as they're walking there, him and Famous get sticked up by Freddie, the stick-up kid. And they get sticked up for um Famous Chain and the brown bag because they take Kane and whole book bag. Now, Famous is definitely not about the street life. And Kanan is like, nah, we about to get that back. Famous like, oh, no, Kanan. You know, it come with the game. You know, Freddie don't play. <laughs> Like, no, I fuck that. You know, it's my first day on the job, and they already got me looking like a little punk. We about to go get it back. So it goes to the next scene. And we got Cartier. He in there talking to Rock about the paintings. And the dude, he walks from the back. He like, hey, I need your help. I need a hand loading the painting to your car. And before he could finish car, the sentence, you know, Cartier, he just bitch slapped him. Like, there go your hand, bitch. <laughs> I mean, he straight pimp slapped him. <laughs> I was like, damn. And Rock just sitting there smiling. <laughs> and he goes right back into talking like nothing ever happened. So he goes on to tell Rock on how it's too much supply in the tri-state area. And he tells her the real money is in D.C. and Baltimore. So remember in the original power that's where um jukebox was staying at in dc and that's where Kanan kept going to do a lot of business at so i'm thinking that they're definitely going to expand to dc um in this show and side note um remember back in those days that's where a lot of the new york hustlers were going like the alpos and the rich porter especially alpo they were doing a lot of business in dc so we see that they keeping it true to form as they always do but Cartier, he is something else. Rock puts her arm around his arm and they walk out side by side and she ain't doing nothing but soaking up all the game he is giving her about where to expand to, how to expand, and how to wash her fucking money so the rats don't eat it at the bodega. So we go into the next scene. And Zisa, she goes to the studio to kind of, you know, side flirt with Lou. And, you know, talk about when she's singing, she likes to sing to a certain person and thinks of him. And, you know, we can tell he's intrigued, but he backs up, keeping it business 
for now. <laughs> Keeping it business for now. So, and Kanan goes back to the famous crib to look for a knife or a bat to play revenge. Bat knife with Freddy, crazy ass. Now, if he would have went back to Freddy with a knife or a bat, he was going to get fucked up rolling in there with that. But he can't find it. So, he goes to Miss Little Corinne's apartment who is asking him a million questions like, well, what you cooking? You ain't asking for a measuring cup. All you need is a knife. Child, this girl, mama walk in the damn living room like, Corinne, you never ask a man about what he's cooking or questions. You never do that. I have right what you need, Kanan. And she walks him into the kitchen, puts a damn gun in his hand. <laughs> like, what kind of fucking mama is this? She like, it gets really hot in the kitchen. Don't burn yourself, baby. Gives him a tender kiss. And he looking confused like, what the fuck? Listen, I don't even really have no words for the mama. We just going to have to wait and see where the hell this is going. But this is not your ordinary mama bear, okay? Uh, no words. Next scene. <laughs> they roll up at Freddy's. Who earlier, remember when Freddy was the stick-up kid? He was like, I'm that nigga. Well, Kanan goes to pistol whooping that nigga. And he goes crazy. He don't stop. He takes all that frustration out with Famous in the background crying. Kanan, he got enough. He got enough. I'm like, Famous, shut your ass up. So anyway, the neighbor sees him. They, the neighbor sees everything. And we see the first beginning signs of the Kanan that we know he becomes. Because he had a lot of rage and he was not letting up. Now, now we're starting to see the beginning of Kanan, the one we know. So while they're um while they leaving the apartments after they whoop Fred well after Kanan whoops Freddie ass, um they get rolled on by the police. Kanan takes off. Famous gets um he gets taken in. He has the money on him. So it goes to Rock's house in the next scene. And her and Marvin they talk. I love the conversation they had. She ends up telling him about Kenya is back in town and he is pissed. Like sixteen years she want to come back in her life after all the work done. But before she tells him, she's like, I got to let this off my chest. You knocked around your daughter like a nigga on the street. I helped raise her. So when you put your hands on her, you put your hands on me. That's like my daughter, too. And dad would have never done me like that. And you do it again, I'm going to kill you, nigga. <laughs> so I love that conversation that they had. And he agrees. He you know, says he was wrong. But he is pissed. He is pissed about Kenya being back in. And he's hurt that Juke won't talk to him. So... When they're talking, Kanan, he running there crying and Famous is in, in jail and they have to go help him like right now. And Rock like, um, that ain't on us. Where his family at? He like, that's my brother, mama. She like, brother with another mother? That's not our problem. Marvin like, hey, you heard her. Don't ask me for shit. <laughs> so it cuts to the next scene and we get a scene with Burke and her girlfriend, Adina. Um, next scene. We go back to the dinner table and it's awkward juke still won't talk to marvin he you know keeps trying to make small talk he like i ain't seen you in a dress in, since two years old kane is still mad about famous being in jail he tried to tell lou rock like we already had this conversation kane so it goes to the jail and we see famous he in there he's spitting his little rhymes one of the dude get up now famous does try to hold his own he like you don't even want none of this he like, hold on, ain't you dude with, you know what I'm saying, the streets need a body? F 
famous get to smiling. Yeah, that's me. Shit tight, right? Man, that shit garbage. I seen it all in the trash. <laughs> all of the dudes in the cell get to laughing. And famous looked like he wanted to cry. I kind of feel bad for him right there. So it goes into the next scene when Marvin's still trying to talk to Juke and she really just ignores him coldly. She like, good night, Kanan. So when Marvin sits down, Kanan tells him about the money and Marvin is like, nope, nope, nope. Don't look at me for no assist. And what the fuck you mean? You about to get your money back. Them cops, they out with that money, splitting it up, tricking on hoes. So Marvin like, uh-uh, uh-uh. Uh-uh, don't, don't, don't ask me for no help. You see your mama, she over there on Lou right now, where I need her to be, where her eyes is off of me. <laughs> so, um, while Rock is over there all in Lou's grill, Rock manipulates Lou. She manipulates Lou because she can see his heart is not in it. She can tell he probably missed Warrell on purpose when he went to go shoot him in season one when he set the, t- the the gun jam his heart just ain't in the streets no more so she purposely goes to where his heart is at and tells him about crown propositioning her to buy the that part of the business because she know that's where his heart is at she know he don't even like crown she knows what buttons to push what words to use she like you know maybe it's my self-conscious or hell, fuck it. Maybe it's even my conscience. Rock knew what she was doing. She put that in his head to see if he still had it. And when he found out about Crown uh, propositioning her about buying part of the business studio and pushing Lou out, he already still pissed about how Crown played him at the studio, the radio in front of that DJ, and not to mention him smashing Jessica. So that just puts more fuel on the hate he has for Crown. So after that, we go into the next scene and Marvin goes to see Kenya. She lets him right up because, you know, she like, who is it? He like Marvin. She opens it right up. As soon as he laid eyes on her, you could see the hurt in his eyes. Um, He tells her, you know, you dipped off to become a bootleg Anita Baker. I ain't gonna lie. I was dying laughing at that part. She apologizes and you could tell that he really loved her back in the day. So he like, don't nobody want you around here, Kenya. He takes off. Um, It goes into the next scene. And Rock puts Unique on top of, you know, the place that they hustling out of in Jersey. Now, dude who was supposed to be in charge, he is pissed off. Soon as he leaves, um, she tells him, like, look, Unique, you a guest. Don't go in here putting your feet up on the furniture. Soon as Rock leaves, Unique puts his feet up on the furniture. So the next scene was really interesting because this this is the exact same smoker. This is the same smoker who, when Marvin was cleaning up last episode and he wanted some rock, he gave him some. This is the same exact smoker who witnessed Howard shooting. This is the same smoker who was everywhere. And when he was getting, he got arrested and was getting took in, he looked and seen Kanan and that brought back something in his memory to remember like, that was a dude wearing a unique jacket. Then he see Howard walking out with Famous. Oh, they ain't show us that for nothing. I won't be surprised if he try to use that information to get out of jail and talk to Burke. 
that's the same smoker who can put all them pieces together. Now, we don't know if they're going to listen to him because, you know, he'd be high, but they ain't show us that for nothing. So, Kanan was smart. Mama won help. He called Papa, and Howard came running. He got famous out, and not only did he get famous out, he got famous out with the brown bag of money. That You know what I'm saying? Normally, the cops would have split that up like Marvin said, but no, Howard made sure everything that was took in was brought back out. And we also see Burke watching as well, putting it all together. She watching from a distance. Basically investigating her own partner. Howard pulls famous, uh, now Howard pulls Kanan to the side, tell him famous is a clown. <laughs> and he lets him know, like, don't you ever tell me you're gonna meet me somewhere and have me waiting on your ass. So we see Howard looked out here. He looked out here, he did what Rock wouldn't do. So Kanan probably gonna remember that. So I can't wait to see where their whole dynamic of father and son relationship is going but the dots are starting to connect they're starting to connect so we get into the last scene and I have to admit I was wrong I did not think they were right Quincy's character off in season two from playing Crown Camacho I thought he was gonna at least go to season four but <laughs> I was wrong but I know he just put out an album, so I don't know if he's about to pursue more music. But he was—he did a really good job as Crown. But Lou walked into that studio with anger, with rage. And he like, you know what? It was one thing when you went behind my back with Jessica. But I ain't want to let bitches come between the business. Crown goes to talking shit. Lou, what do you know about being business? what do you know about doing business you can't do nothing in here without me and all you are are rock's baby brother my nigga lou he steps back he knocks his ass down he grabs that wire and strangles the shit out of my man i mean this thing was so dramatic graphic real i felt it like strangled the shit out of crown all you hear is 50 in the background narrating hurt niggas hurt niggas and it went on for a minute it was <laughs> child crown was out of there he tried he tried <laughs> but lou lou had rage lou had anger and rock got what she wanted she seen baby brother still had it in his heart to murder somebody to put the murder game down all she had to do was manipulate it a bit and play with where his heart was and passion was into that music and use crown as bait and in walks zisa so what we gonna do with him now well damn okay zisa you little ride or die <laughs> so that was my recap for power book three season two episode six i'm gonna rate this episode a 10 out of 10 everything on this episode was fire it was enough great writing suspicion action i love this entire episode i think this was the best out of the the seasons 
thus far. It was a really, really strong episode. So I'm rated it 10 out of 10. So guys, don't leave. I'm about to play the trailer for next week. We'll talk about that briefly. And then I have a sleeper for you guys. I hope you guys enjoyed the recap because this episode was fire. It had me at the edge of my seat. I'm laying the groundwork to take what we're doing on the south side and set up anyway. But we gotta be smart about it. Can't be pulling the trigger on a motion. This white lady cop had all sorts of questions about Cayman. You need my help. Keep them free. Ain't you one who said insubordination leads to insurrection? What you gonna do when Cayman sees all your lies and mistakes? All right, that was the trailer for next week. Next week's episode is titled No Love Lost. We see um, Cartier looking like he helping Lou. And he's saying his work ain't for free. So I'm wondering, is Cartier going to help him clean up this crown mess? And now Lou going to owe him more and more. And we see Cartier is not to be played with probably either. Um, No matter how many Shakespeare lines he quotes to Miss Raquel. We see Symphony gets pulled over by Burke, who is asking questions, and he tells Rock, who has the updo hairstyle looking amazing in the uh, promo, must I say. And we also see another interaction or quarrel going on between Howard and Rock. And we see Rock plotting with Joaquin, who is Juliana's cousin, who is the connect, and they going after somebody. So it looked like it's going to be action and show Rock with a gun, looking like she, you know, on some payback stuff. So I don't know if she going after Unique and Warrell because it showed them shaking hands and she know that they've been working together. But I'm imagining episode will be fire and I cannot wait. So. I am about to play a sleeper in my Joe Budden style. Shout out to the pod father. And I'm going to keep it how we've been doing and showing love to Joey Badass, who plays Unique and his new album, 2000. I've been playing each song at the end of each episode because um, this, this, uh, this album is fire. I think it's one of the best hip hop albums of 2022. Um, and this is titled Survivor's Guilt. I thought it was going crazy, you know. And like, I realized that I was, you know, it's crazy. I realized that it's the system that was built against me, you know. And like, I'm not supposed to be talking about this. And that's the corruption of it because, like, me just saying it is absurd. And I want people to open up their eyes and realize that I'm not wrong, you know. I'm, I'm just an open-minded individual. People should be more open-minded. If we're trying to build up our, our lives to have a material thing, and those don't satisfy our needs, what are we looking for? Talk about our problems here, what we do.
bottom. Turning in and dying, we ain't know the world was watching. We was just two kids trying to make it out the bottom. Now I'm rich and rotten every day. I think about him. It's a virus cute. Wishing I couldn't stop him, let alone just know how he feel. Lyrically couldn't top him. He was the nigga with the bill. Yeah, and that's real rap. I couldn't do this shit without him. And that's just fact. You see, if you ain't no Steedo, then you really don't know me, though. And that's how I separate all the real from fake people. All the real from fake fans who claiming that they stand. But they ain't no my mans. Until the very end, wish he was still here. I swear it feels weird how people could accuse me for his death. Sometimes I gotta shed a real tear. You see the truth about Steelo, he like the mental health. But try to tell that to people way back in 2012. But now that it's a mainstream topic, I'm guessing I could probably open up and talk about it. So, yeah, let's talk about it. Come into my mind, I'll show you where the darkest cloud is. You ready? I doubt it, but let's go. You see, Steelo was my bigger bro. At a point in time, spiritually, we was in the same boat. But I wanted to take it slow. He wanted to take it as fast and deep as he could go. Pause. Yeah, we had some problems, but we're brother stone. Sure. Then I caught a little wave and headed back to shore. And that's when he started drowning. And he had no one around us, so partially I feel it's my fault. And that right there is my eternal wall. The reason why I gotta feel these external flaws. The reason why I can't heal these eternal laws. The reason why I gotta feel this survivor some most. And here's a message to this fam. I know y'all got emotional trauma that I understand, but I couldn't fuck with. Y'all try to tell the world I wasn't who I am, and all I ever try to do was lend a hand and give the fans the thing that they demand the most. Keep capital the fucking go. I'm just trying to get my nigga hurt. Get him what he deserves. This one is for you. This one is for you. This one is for you. Yeah, and I'll be my cousin Junior B. Y'all ain't know too much about him, so it's up to me. This shit is legacy with the world. It kills me to think you'll never meet my baby girl. And when I lose June, that hurt me in the worst way. He even died two days before his birthday. Damn, embrace tears in my eyes. My nigga really never made it up to 25. That's why I'm thinking God every time I open my eyes. At the fact that we alive and we feeling these vibes. Cause we be feeling these voids. Part of me got destroyed. When I lost my voice, it's like I lost my voice. It took me all of this time just to put it in song. Because I'm still dealing with the fact my niggas is gone. But they niggas are born in the cloud. Cause that's where they belong. As long as I live on, it'll forever be known. This one for you. This one for all right that was survivor's guilt of joey badass album titled 2000 make sure you guys stream that i hope you guys enjoyed the pod thank you for your support as always shout out to my dope podcast family i love you guys i hope you guys have a beautiful and safe week remember to protect your energy it's a lot of people that are in your life that are probably enemies to your energy and if you have someone bringing you down don't be afraid to walk away to make yourself happy your peace comes first so stay up keep pushing get out there and grind to make yourself happy don't tell yourself you can't do it you're not good enough because you are and you can do it and even if you fall down the first time remember resilience is everything and the most successful people have failures at the beginning but if you keep pushing i promise you you will succeed 
So just try to stay up, be positive, protect that energy, and go after what you want because you can do anything you put your mind to. The sky is the limit. It's your girl, Shanice, and I'm out. Hope you enjoyed the show with your girl, Shanice. Thank you.